Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. It's Christmas. That means more podcasts under the tree. I'm not saying, like, sit under your tree and listen to podcasts. That would, that would be a bit mad. If, you, if do you want to do that, selfies. do that. I want to see pictures of that happening. Yeah, people, I want to see people laying under their Christmas tree with headphones on. That's like, what I want to see this Christmas. The, the implication being that you have to open and enjoy all presents. The podcast being the present, you have to be <laughs> under your tree physically <laughs> to open or enjoy them. Isn't that how everyone does it, Joe Scrabbles? Uh, Simon Cardi, I don't <laughs> think it is. <laughs> Matt, Perslow, do you go under trees? Um, not frequently, no. N- not at any time of year, to be quite honest. <laughs> is that hay fever okay. related, or is it tree it's, racism? It's it's just a lack of interest <laughs> in the natural world. It can only be one of those two things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lack right. of interest in the natural world, by the way, is tree racism. I just want to make <laughs> okay. sure that that's okay. out there. <laughs> there is, um, there's a lot we need to get to because last Friday we decided to not cover any of this. Mainly because, you know, at that point we'd only played about two hours of Cyberpunk, so we didn't want to talk about that. So we've played a lot of that now, but we'll get onto that later because last Thursday was absolutely mad. Yep. Disney decided to unleash an atomic bomb of news then the game awards happened which you know there was a few awards given out but also a hundred trailers so there's a lot this, to talk about this was like an actual anxiety a living anxiety dream <laughs> for me because i hadn't like it all of this happened whilst it was very late for us and i kind of went okay i've got a team for the game awards i've got a team for disney news is handled i woke up at 4am that night just shifting about. I think there were some foxes having sex outside my house, and I woke up and um, just to watch. Just yeah, to yeah, set yeah, an alarm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's it. I didn't hear them. I just knew it was going to happen. Um, and then uh, I just kind of idly went, "Oh, I'll just check and see if anything crazy's been announced." And it, I scrolled for like four minutes, just like feeling my heartbeat yeah. getting faster and faster. Like fuck. Because I'm a madman, I was actually up watching it all till like half three. I thought the game was then normally like an hour and a half. It was almost three hours this time. Oh, I sorted it out, Jeff. So, <laughs> but yeah, let's get on to first. We're not going to list everything that was announced because we would be here for four hours. So we've picked out some things we care about and some of the biggest things. Mm. We're going to start with Disney and with Star Wars. I didn't know so many people thought Hayden Christensen was good. <laughs> Absolutely wild. I, I do apparently, feel, I do feel like with Star else. Wars, if there is a chance, like there were people I was talking to who didn't realise like the sheer ludicrous megaton of information that got announced here. Mm. Like they announced, or they or they showed or announced Bad Batch, Visions, uh, fucking more uh, Andor, Obi Wan, The Acolyte. Ahsoka, Lando, Rangers of the New Republic, and I think there was one other as well. Like it is stupid how much Star Wars there is to come. That's not just movies at this point. Yeah, that's that. that all you've listed there is TV shows. Yeah, which is insane to think Star Wars TV shows are probably the thing I look forward to at this point more than the actual films. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
but this species name. But yeah, so the Obi One, I believe they said it's just a one-off limited series. Like it's not going to be multiple seasons, and they've effectively teed it up as just Obi One versus Anakin Part Two. Is what they've kind of said it is. They like, should just call return. it Higher Ground. <laughs> Even <laughs> Higher Ground. <laughs> At one point, he will be standing above him, and that. That will be referenced. Um, but yeah, do we, I was interested in this show be, because I do actually think, unlike Hayden Christensen, that Obi-Wan, um, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan is quite good. I quite enjoy mm. Ewan McGregor. I was up for seeing what he would do next if it's just kind of like a lonely little sad <laughs> series. But now they've, now it just seems like, oh, it's just more Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure what it is. It does feel a bit like we had the opportunity to see the transformation into Alec Guinness, you know, like the, mm. like the kind of hermitage of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And obviously there would be some cool fights and he'd do some cool force, but that we would get to the place that we never saw. But now, it, yeah, you're right. It does feel like it's going to be the swashbuckling adventures of the man versus his surrogate son. And I don't really... I don't, I've never yeah. felt the need I, for more. I feel that, that that series, like where it's set, needs to be... The transition where the thing that's interesting about the prequel series is that you get to see the like the Republic at the height of its like decadence mm. and this completely different visual style. Like I feel if you're going to do the bridging point, what you need is to see the downfall of all of that and kind of like from Obi Wan's perspective, be watching the Empire crush the Republic and sort of turn it mm. from this utopia into a nightmarish Nazi mm. state, basically. I kind of get the impression that, as you say, it being teed up as Revenge of the Sith Part 2, maybe there's an interesting kind of like dynamic between watching the father have his son go down deeper down the hole, but surely that's got to be done at such an arm's length because he's part of the yeah. Empire now. I, yeah. I, I, I do really want to see if they go full egg with a harmonica version of Darth Vader with Hayden Christensen. Like that would be that would be worth the price of admission for me. Um, <laughs> I just wonder that a lot of these Star Wars shows are going to be the same thing because, like, we've already got the Mandalorian, we've got the Cassian Andor one. This one, are they all just going to be like, here's a character from a film doing one-off episodes like around planets you've like i don't see how these are going to be all too especially the cassian andor one and mandalorian one to me they're gonna they feel like they're very similar things cassian andor must be a similar deal where it's like a one-off limited series Mm -hmm. right you can't have like the long long adventures of the doomed man who blows up on a planet in the end like it's just not gonna be super i feel like a lot of these like would be good if they were that sort of limited time the limited series and then like they ended where something else started like the last shot of that episode was him in the place where he meets daisy ridley not not daisy ridley um felicity jones name from rogue one felicity jones Mm. from rogue one like if it all just joined up sort of rogue one style but Mm. that therefore it leaves no more room for anything you can just wrap it up and say we're done Yeah, yeah it's it's kind of i'm one i'm the the boring man who when the Mandalorian is connecting to lots of Star Wars stuff, it's not the program I want it to be. And so, without giving too much away, the last few weeks haven't been. Last actually, this week's was all right, but the last few weeks haven't been what I'm looking for from this. And I am at least hoping that things like uh, Rangers of the New Republic and the Ahsoka series mean that the Mandalorian, because they've said that that like I think they've hinted that it's going to be like four series at least. Mm. I like the idea that that will can 
be able to kind of continue under its own steam instead of doing what it looked like it was going to do, which is just sort of fold under the weight of having to connect to literally every other era in Star Wars history over the course of three episodes. Um, so, yeah, that would so be So you'd nice. say that these, these aren't the shows you're looking for, is what you'd say? I mean, I'm going to ignore <laughs> that, but as much as I can. I, I will say if they haven't really said what Lando is, if Lando's no. got Donald Glover well, they in They haven't. If it, look, anything with Donald Glover in is going to be at very least watchable. Yeah. So, uh, or I don't mind the I idea of how you, he, what he know. was up to between his two appearances. Like there mm. is something, you know, when he fucking just turns up in uh, in Rise of Skywalker. Like, yeah, it's a bit stupid and fortuitous, but he's really fun, and I don't mind the idea of like following a roguish man as he after he's been like made rich and famous by his activities so like that would be, be quite cool. fun I, I think a lot of people are anticipating it's more young lando like donald glover lando but it would be very fun if it's even just post rise of skywalker just retired lando just like <laughs> all my friends are gone a <laughs> yellow lightsaber you say <laughs> um, yeah i don't like i just i know disney's super rich and whatever are they really going to be able to get donald glover back for like a whole series that like he's like- remarkably you know, self-assured and yeah, yeah, he does what he kind of wants to maybe Lion King aside. Although playing Simba, it's not, you're not going to turn it down, are you? Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of interested in, in that one, especially because it is like one of the hazier ones. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'm also so, interested. Yeah. The Acolyte does sound quite cool. I like a, I know very little, sorry, I barely read up about this one, so I didn't put it in the wrong. Let me know about Acolyte. So it's in the High Republic era, which is their new pre prequels, <laughs> like, what, is it hundreds Kotor. or thousands of years before? Yeah, it's, it's Kotor like years. the Kotor years. Um, when, like, Jedi were kind of fucking ten a penny or something. Um, and then, um, but, like, it feels like um, the idea of this is it's female-led. It may be about, like, the rise of the Sith among the Jedi. Um, and there's just a lot more to, like... It, again the thing I'm looking for really is not connecting to everything I've mm-hmm. already seen. And that, you know, it literally can't unless it's connecting to Knights of the Old Republic or the other High Republic stuff they're making. And I don't, that's new to me. So I'm interested in that and that could be fun. And then there'll be loads of kyber crystals and shit. It'll be great. Nice. Um, yeah. um, but we'll highlight one more Star Wars thing before moving on. And that's Rogue Squadron. Patty Jenkins directing that reveal was great. I yeah. didn't know about her. I didn't know that story that her dad was a famous fighter pilot who who died in action. Yeah. Like obviously a terrible gun, thing, but also like a very cool thing. It also like, makes her to... attachment to to Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman like makes so much more sense. That's a really good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why yeah. she didn't get rid of him for the. Second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. This like again. Hard to tell what this is. I I really hope it's the Rogue One movie I was wanting, which is mm-hmm. a movie about a bunch of cool dudes who fly about and have fun in the space. Um, whereas Rogue One was just about poor gullet, good, and uh, and then oh, where's I, the poor gullet series? And then an hour and a half of really boring adventures, followed by a good half hour at the end. I want Rogue Squadron have- to be the fun adventures for an hour and a half. 
Yeah. Can we have also like a Borg Gullet series that's just like Marvel's What If, but Borg Gullet takes the like memories and minds of people and tells those stories? Uh, that's or, what I think everyone wants. <laughs> or a What If story where Borg Gullet is the the new Skywalker and he's got like a dozen <laughs> yellow lightsabers. <laughs> Oh, and he's God, got his miss you. and he's got his best mate uh, Forrest Whitaker with him all the time. Bo who Gullet. didn't die? <laughs> oh God! Oh God! It's so funny. Paul oh, the worst was, and best thing in Star how Wars. How was Forrest Whitaker in um, Fallen Order? But Paul Gullet not in Fallen Order. Oh, it's what are they doing? Travesty. Bullshit. Right. <laughs> Let's move on to some Marvel. Okay. Um, how surprising is it to you that they're doing the Secret Invasion storyline in TV form and not films? It, Matt. It, it did feel that Captain Marvel was like teeing it up, right? That like one of mm. the next big, and I guess it's one of those events that because most of the like the Avengers films have kind of like a basis in an event comic, and Secret mm. Invasion was a massive event comic for its time. Kind of did feel like maybe that could be, especially a way to bring old Avengers back into it. Like like how is Captain America back or how is Iron Man back? Um, I don't like. A Sam Jackson fronted TV show does sound great. Mm, yeah. So, like, I just don't know no, how they're going to do it. Not just Sam Jackson, but comedy Ben Mendelsohn as yeah. well, who is because yeah. Talos is brilliant. great. Yeah, really good. I, the thing I find interesting about this, well, there's there's two points I think that are really important with this, which is a, it's been announced before we've seen any Marvel TV series, so we have no idea how true the hi- kind of Marvel TV series will be movie level, will be movie connected. Like yeah, it, from it, that Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer, it looked like film-like quality. Yeah. Effect. Like you know, they have if, the budget. I think if it pays off, if it if you know if what they're saying is true, obviously What If is a completely different thing. But these a lot mm. of these shows feel filmic. Loki looks more televisual, but like I think you know we'll learn quite soon whether Secret Invasion could be an incredible like like an incredible version of. This story. I think the mm-hmm. other interesting thing about this is obviously Secret Invasion is where a lot of people thought the Avengers films and like the big event stuff, like you say, was going to go. But the other thing people thought was going to happen was Galactus. And we now have Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. which ties directly into Galactus. So, like, yeah. it feels like we have a more obvious MCU film point to move towards. Yeah. And maybe at the same time, a more obvious Secret Invasion TV. Like, if they're doing dual events in two different media like i'm kind of into that like that's a cool doubling do you know about the not many people watched agents of shield i was one of the the, the devout at the start (laughs) that's what i was gonna say like do you think they're the people that made Agent shield feel a bit gutted well they agent (laughs) they'd had a few years they could have been on this well yeah there's that but but in regards to what joe was saying agents of shield Mm. teed up the hydra reveal Mm, for for captain america which was genuinely, if you were watching those things at the same time, that felt like something beyond. Like yeah. comics were always very good at like you'd be reading one storyline and then you'd start reading the main core storyline of what the year's events was, and it would be cool seeing those elements that were coming teed up in individual character storylines. When that was done on TV into movie, and you could watch those, and like I think it worked out for us in the UK because we got Cap like the day before it came out in America, which was lined up with when the TV show episode landed. Mm-hmm. Right, it, it worked out so perfectly, and because I went to see that film on day one, it all just fell into place. That felt amazing. If they can do the same with Disney Plus to a theatrical release of 
you know, whatever's coming with potentially Galactus. Yeah. Th- that would work incredibly. I think we're getting um I think we're getting to an interesting point as well, like in a whole different set of, of event stuff, but like in a month we're gonna have one division. WandaVision ties into Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange ties into Spider-Man 3. Like, we're getting into a version of events where the MCU is tying closer and closer and closer and Mm -hmm. building and building and building. And maybe they're doing this in, like, these multifarious directions where it's like, this event's going to happen, this event's going to happen, and you don't know which TV series and movies are going to intersect. Like, I know it's like the proliferation of evil media and Disney are destroying everything, (laughs) but... Oh god, it's quite cool if you're a fucking dork, isn't it? It is exciting, and it just means it's harder and harder for them to start delaying stuff and moving it around if it's all going to become like it, what it makes you realise is Black Widow must really have very little con- <laughs> yeah. connotation to what's yeah. going on. I think they've said um, Florence Pugh's character is in oh, is which it one in is Hawkeye, she? possibly. Yeah, fucking hell, Hawkeye oh, okay. looks I so good. Know I know it's only the paparazzi shots that have come out so far, but. Good Lord, uh, Hayley Steinfeld as uh, as uh, Kate looks absolutely Kate pure off the page. I know you're a huge Kate Bishop fan, yeah, Matthew. I, genuinely, Kate Bishop is one of my favourite characters of all time. And that storyline that it's so clear that they're lifting from, to the point that even her T-shirt is a replica of the yeah. art that, that's in that run. Like, I don't know if... Um... I, I, well, I do know they're very different, but there is something of... Have you seen Hayley Steinfeld in the remake of True Grit, the Coen yeah, Brothers one? Yeah. The idea of like some of that like hard-nosed, like completely on... She's going to be a lot more whimsical, but like something of that like total badass she plays in that film uh, could be like such an amazing yeah. transformation into Kate yeah. Bishop. I'm just looking forward to all of these. Like, I'm much more... like. It is mad to me. I think I've said this before. Like, if you said five, even five years ago, I'd be so much more excited for every Marvel thing than a Star Wars thing. Mm. I wouldn't have believed you, but I'm now so much more invested in Marvel than I am Star Wars. Yeah, because like Marvel, I don't think they've made anything less than good. Really, like well, I also think that uh, that aside, I think that what we've been talking about kind of shows the two different ambitions here. Like Star Wars consistently feels small scale because it ties into it, it eats itself so much. And Marvel's so much happier and obviously has the benefit of a lot of source material. But the, the MCU stuff feels so willing to just go in wild directions. So you don't know what it's going to do next. And that's what's exciting about it. It's like mm-hmm. that fucking Loki thing. The trailer for Loki oh, is Loki so looks good. so good. It's a fucking control TV series. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I can't so wait cool. Um, yeah, that's yeah. definitely top of my list to see is Loki. Uh, and what if just as a little like a side thing that doesn't really have any connection just... the fact that what if um, that the MCU is already at a place where what if can exist is such a to me is such a, like a message about how good the MCU's been at creating an, a narrative like whole that we all kind of know the nuts and bolts of it that you can create something that spins off of it and does that what if thing and it's also it's, it's amazing it, it's an opportunity to bring in stuff that sort of can't be made in the mcu mm. like what if is already a comic run line like yeah. it doesn't tend to be around anymore but that exists so it's like we get that but also clearly one of the episodes is about marvel zombies it's like yeah. we're never going to get the marvel zombies tv show or the marvel zombies movie but to be able to bring it in via there it's such a like a celebration of those comic books as well as being able to introduce people that don't give a crap about the comics to these really cool ideas for just you know presumably one episode and it's chucked in the bin and then we get something else really cool 
Do we already uh, know all the what if premises for the TV series? I know they announced some. I think we knew yeah. all the ones that were in that trailer bar, like maybe right. the Wakanda one. You know how um, oh, yeah, they come yeah. to, to Black Panther. Yeah, because I, I wondered whether there's a possibility of like, what if introducing Deadpool or something along those lines where it's like you get the kind of that wilder aspect of like, how the fuck do we tie these in? Maybe that's where they do it, but seemingly not. Um mm. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Uh, they're trying Fantastic Four again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I hope it works. Third time's the charm. Fantastic Four are good. You know, um, do you know what? I don't. This can, like, in hindsight, they're obviously nowhere near the same level. But, like, the first Fantastic Four film, I didn't mind when it first came out. Like, when it. Like when it was alongside Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and the first Hulk film, like I didn't mind the first Fantastic Four film. Obviously, in hindsight, compared to all Marvel films that have come since, they're nowhere near. Mm. But I actually still haven't seen the latest Fantastic the Four attempt. One. Fuck me! Yeah, just um, <laughs> I have at the point now where I've got people to watch it because no one can understand quite how bad it is until you sit down and force yourself <laughs> to watch it. But it is, it's. It's an academic pursuit in superheroes, I can tell you that. <laughs> the, I, I um, should do it one day, just the, for reference. The thing is, right, about Fantastic Four, casting's going to be so interesting, because Chickless basically is the perfect thing. And then the next pick in my brain would be Dave Bautista. You can't do that. So no. who plays Who plays this? Is it, the, is it time The Rock got into the MCU? <laughs> interesting. Uh <laughs> Bettany is basically the perfect silver surfer, yep. so he's out. <laughs> like, I don't know what. Who are you going to get in for this movie? You can't all the people. They're running out of people. We might, we might, we might just have to do it. You reckon it's us? <laughs> yeah, I'll be thing. Um, Joe, you can be Miss Fantastic. Do you no, want to be? Uh, I'm Doctor Fucking. Do you want to be Fire he's, Fire he's Bloke, a, Matt? What, Johnny Storm. <laughs> yeah, go on. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I can take on Chris Evans's portrayal. <laughs> Easy. What if they bring back Chris Evans? As- <laughs> I mean, he's not what anymore. <laughs> what if they just got Chris Evans and Checklist in and then two cut, recast the others? But well, I mean, Spider-Man two. is already apparently in what seems to be definitely the case now doing the multiverse where they, yeah. they bring in everybody else. Why not just bring in half the people that you liked from, from the original Fantastic Four? We should, to do, we should do our fancy casting another time when it's not so busy. I would love to do there's that. There's some great, yeah. Who, who could be in it? We're doing it now, aren't we? I don't know. Yeah, there's lot. There's lots of good people. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's Fantastic Four. And lastly, confirmed, Christian Bale is Gore the God Butcher. Hey. Have you heard, ever heard a more exciting sentence? In explain, your life? explain Gore the God Butcher to me. I'm I'm unfamiliar to her. Uh, you need to go and read Jason Aaron's uh, Thor run, which is like one of the most celebrated Thor runs of all time, and that leads into the Jane Foster stuff as well. Yeah, um, but. It's exactly as he sounds. He's, he's the butcher of gods. <laughs> like there's, there's so little else to it. That's what kind of makes it the genius. I just is I can already see this Christian Bale like proper like putting his like, prestige like mad Borden basically. It's gonna be yeah. like with Taika Waititi giving him some mad lines to say. He's just gonna be gnarling the whole time. It's gonna be brilliant. I think. What does he look like? It's oh, kind he looks of horrible. Yeah, he's got like a slightly alien look. To- I think he might actually genuinely be an alien. I want that. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do quite like Christian Bale's face, though. I don't know Christian Bale with a massive mouth. That's basically what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, and the teeth of the big yeah. horrible mouth. 
that's going to be a good film. But that one's years away. So, uh, do you know what? Also, is years away. I completely forgot that Indiana Jones Five is coming. Um, <laughs> in the bin, oh, shit! Please just I've, go away. Like I love, like the first three are just easily like some of my favourite. Like you can't possibly like films. Temple of Doom. Yes, it's a good film. Oh my it's god! Not as good as I rewatched it recently. It's, it's absolute toilet. Like it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's a bad film. They took the stones from here. Is a fantastic line. Oh, so, so um, chilled I monkey. I can brain. remember being it's when a I used fun film. <laughs> when I used to work in a shop, that me and my friends used to be obsessed with um, with just shouting shit at each other. And one of them was Doctor Jones. No more parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that is no, a good, short a round is not a good character for many reasons. <laughs> I, but no, no but, one in that film is a good character. Even uh, Indiana Jones fun. isn't that good in a, a character in that uh, film. I, it's still a good film. Absolutely um, but incorrect. Raiders and Lost Crusade are easily yeah the better two. But and four is you know we just don't speak about it, do we? Five. Is there any hope that Indiana Jones five will be good? No, no, because we've already seen what Harrison Ford looks like doing action in the in his dotage in the Star Wars films. Like, yeah, I'm worried. It, but... It's just not going to be fun. It will be. It's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be. And they can't an bring Sheila Booth back, jump. can they? Really now either. So they'll keep making jokes about his back going and stuff, and like how he was, e- how he's even worse than ten years ago or some shit. Oh, it's like, oh, I, feel I sick. don't know. I want it to be great. <laughs> I fear it will be awful. Just move on, Carly. Um, move on. Yeah, let's move on to Noah Hawley's Alien series. That right. was a surprise. This is two things that I fucking love and don't <laughs> understand how they fit together. Like, I love Noah Hawley and I do trust him, but mm. I don't know what a Noah Hawley alien looks like because he's so built on, like, weirdness and, like, sly humour from what we've seen and like i know there's humor in alien but not in the moments of action in the same way that like fargo did it he's very good at dark like fargo and legion are incredibly dark though like darker than what their like cinematography and script suggests i i think there's a a potential here for him to spin off into a a completely different side of Wayland yutani than we've ever sort of seen before and i think Mm -hmm. if he can mine that i'm i'm very excited for that yeah i wouldn't mind corporate alien like how horrific that company's practices are could well, be really I, interesting. I've read something apparently because it's set on Earth, isn't it? This one. Oh um, yeah. And I, someone that I saw on Twitter was talking about. I think it was a comic book in the Alien universe that they read that was about them bringing one back to Earth because you know their obsession is bringing mm-hmm. back a sample yeah. and that getting out and sort of like the idea of them fucking up like their home planet because of mm. their own stupid mistake. Because all their like fuck ups are just two, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because all their fuck ups so far have just ruined just colony worlds, haven't they? Like mm. they've never yeah. really gone full to town because then you sort of end the franchise early. But mm. like the idea of watching them bring on their own apocalypse, I'd be into. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I, I'm hopeful. Um, like truth be told, I love Alien and Aliens. They're obviously incredible. I know people including you joe really like alien 3 i'm not a big fan whoa, of whoa, whoa, whoa. where's that come from we talked earlier oh no it wasn't you 
No, Dale, was, so, Dale to be fair, it was Dale, have, sorry, Dale I, really likes Alien 3. I have 3. weirdly watched Alien 3 in the last week to remind well, we myself go. of it. Do you really like it? No, I, I, like, oh, okay, the, I like the setup. <laughs> the payoff is very, very poor. Okay, um, I'm, I'm not a fan of Alien 3. I just don't, the whole tone to me doesn't work. I'll I tell you what, though, if, if there was a world where this could happen, Noah Hawley's version of Alien 3 would actually be fucking amazing because it's all about interplay and like mm-hmm. weird backstories and weird personalities. And if it actually had time, to tell some of those stories it would be very cool um but yeah just not the fucking end of that boring movie <laughs> yeah at least we've all confirmed that joe is indeed the biggest alien three fan yeah why not this one. yeah why not um yep that's gonna look good and lastly this one's very confusing because well it's not confusing the way they announced it was confusing and then chris evans made it even more confusing <laughs> chris evans is playing the original Buzz Lightyear in a prequel. They've called it a prequel TV series, it's but it's, what it not, is, is it? it's actually the TV series of the in-universe Buzz Lightyear oh, that the toy is created it's, from. It's Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> in inverted commas, the man. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because he's a huge space baby. That made it, exactly, that made me think, are they making this live action? <laughs> so, so I have been confused by it, because... When I first heard about this, I thought, you know, there was like the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command TV show back mm, yes. in Solid, where it was like, here's Buzz Lightyear as a space ranger. He works for Star Command. He's got alien buddies and they fight for, you know, against evil Emperor Zerg. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what the movie or TV show that they're making out of this. But it turns out, no, it's like that character of Buzz Lightyear is influenced by a space an actual spaceman is from what I can gather is the actual premise. But if you look at the the screenshot they released, it's like, it's quite a contemporary, almost like gravity looking screenshot. It looks like First Man. Yeah. It's really funny. That's what it's going to be, isn't it? It's going to be First Man and the guy's called Buzz Lightyear. It's going to be voiced by Chris Evans. Imagine a really sad Buzz Lightyear (laughs) film. About how he ruined his but, home like, life. That confused me because originally, obviously, they got the name Buzz Lightyear from Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. So I was like, are they just doing a Pixar film of Buzz Aldrin's life with Chris Evans? <laughs> with Chris Evans animated. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Oh, um, but so either way, I love it. it's more Toy Story, so I'm into it. <laughs> but it's not more Toy Story, though, is it? Also, I I, I've said this, I think I said this to you in a meeting the other day. The thing I love is that there's an implication here that. The the toy version of Tim Allen. You know how Col- you know how Tom Hanks's brother Jim Hanks does all the voices for yeah. Woody in the toys. I love the idea that Tim Allen's the shit knockoff version of Chris Evans's voice. <laughs> like that's such a weird implication. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm into it. Who knows what this is, but I'm intrigued to say the least. Um, mm. That's enough Disney stuff. There was lots more, which I'm sure you've read about. If not. Go to IGN.com. It's all there, I promise. Yeah, we're um, late to it, so it's just opinion time, baby. Exactly. Next, before we get into Cyberpunk, there's also about 100 games that were announced <laughs> last Thursday. Um, <laughs> we're gonna, we've are gonna we picked out, I think, about 10 here. We'll, we'll cover them briefly. First of all, Perfect Dark. Again, it's, this is one of those where a lot of people are very excited. I've never played Perfect Dark. It means nothing to me. I'm excited for those people. It looks good. Yeah, Perfect Dark. One is a game I have very, very fond memories of, um, but for the multiplayer, not for the stupid alien storyline. And there, there is tellingly, it's hard to see if there are any aliens involved in this one, and I'm, oh, I kind of hope there aren't. Just like refresh it, she's a secret agent in a crazy eco 
apocalypse. Like that would be interesting. Um, God knows what it is. Like there are all sorts of rumors going around. Did you see some of this stuff where they're saying like it's a game as a service with different seasons and it changes like the setting and stuff? Like it sounds like, mad. It's a horizon, if any, but a shooter. If any of the, if any of that's true, um, it will be weird. But like. I'm it just excited almost to see what the f- You know the way that they roll out Hitman by like giving you just yeah. different contracts each season. I have no idea if that's true. By the way, like it's just some people saying it online, but it's one of those things that sparks your imagination. But I'm just interested to see what the initiative is. Like all we've heard for a studio this big is that they're hiring lots of people for two years. So hmm. like it will be fascinating to see what they consider a triple a a quadruple a game to be as they're calling it it's interesting uh we know very little about it one game we can assume we know a lot about is back for blood because mm-hmm. it is left for dead um which again will make a lot of people happy because people want left for dead 3 that's not coming here is effectively left for dead 3 but called something else well interestingly before well before they showed any of it they showed one piece of concept art and the thing they kept saying was like, it's not just Left 4 Dead. Like, there's base building of some kind, or, or there's there's mm. something to do with fortifications and like holding up. It's not getting through. But that trailer's just fucking that Left 4 Dead. Was, yeah, that was so exactly what Left 4 uh, Dead is. It's really hard to tell what it is now, because I've been kind of waiting for them to show something else, and then they showed Left 4 Dead. So it'll be fascinating. Um, I realised I have a copy of Evolve on my shelf today, <laughs> um, and that game was fun. Like it was I gave a bit Evolve fucked. an 8 out of 10. I genuinely yeah. think Evolve was pretty good. It just died on its ass. It was a bit fucked, but it was fun. And I'm glad that that team is getting to do something that people seem more invested in. Um, it'll, mm-hmm. be, it'll be cool. Yep. Uh, next, the Callisto Protocol. Uh, another one where we can assume we know what sort of game it is. It's very much Dead Space by the creator of Dead Space. On a, on a space station, am I right in thinking that? Yeah, and set in the PUBG universe. Don't forget that. Oh, I forgot that. How yeah. how could you forget that? It's set 300 years after the current PUBG. Whatever the fuck that actually <laughs> means. And apparently that was part of his original pitch. Like, he went... I know his studio was co- was partly created by the PUBG Corporation, so he has to do something yeah. with it. But I love that his pitch wasn't, I want to make Dead Space. It was, I want to make 300 years after PUBG. I like, genuinely didn't know there was any PUBG lore. I thought it was just a world people playing. Like, you know, you've got your Fortnite, your Apex, Warzone. They have clear storylines and world evolution going on. PUBG, to me, I've never heard of any sort of lore well, behind it. I think it. it's because they started adding lore in season four of that game, <laughs> Cardi, because everyone else did it, and they were like, well, now it's got to be about a sad billionaire who watches mercenaries kill each other. Well, we know very little about the Callisto Protocol. It's a good name, I think. I'm, I'm good, into the name. Good teaser trailer as well. Like, CG yeah, trailers yeah. can be very boring, and that was a fun one, with lots and of little juicy, juicy bits. We had your man there making the claim he wants to make the scariest console game ever made. I don't know why he specified console game, not just game. Because he knows amnesia's <laughs> out there. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, if you like scary stuff, look out for that. Uh, <laughs> next, Open Roads is the next game from Fulbright. The creators have gone home. I never played um, Tacoma. It's good. But I kind of wanted to. I might do that at some point. It's um, only like three or four hours, like... It's. Uh, I don't think it has anything like the hit of um, Gone Home, but mm-hmm. there's some really nice moments, and it's a fun way to approach one of those kind of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Open Roads, like my sort of thing, it looked more like Gone Home than... It didn't look, look very sci-fi-y. 
And also, um, it's a procedural road trip, which... Oh, no, isn't that Road 6? Isn't that oh, fuck, the other yeah, one? That's, that's the other one. <laughs> there was two, two very similar games. looking games. Which is, this is the one with Caitlin Deaver in, isn't it? Yeah. I yes, is the other right. one the yeah, one no, I've, yeah, I fucked it up there. No, it's, the other no, one sounds Both good of those too. did look good, to be fair, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that looks that looks good. I have very little else there about because we know very little else about it. Um, game we know a lot about, though, is Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. Everyone will be able to play that next year. You don't have to have a PC or a Mac. Uh, in March for PlayStation, and I think they said two months later on Switch and Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, now fully voiced, which, which is, is nice. Insane. Like, the, the sheer amount of... I'm quite interested to see how big that patch is, because mm-hmm. like vocal stuff and textures are always the biggest bits. Like that could be huge. <laughs> it yeah, might be a really big game. That is a um, lot of WAVs slash MP3s um, and new. Well, more importantly, maybe well, maybe not more importantly. Uh, there's more quests. Don't know mm-hmm. how many. Don't know Poli- how political vision quests. Looking yes. forward. My neck. I, I'll, I'll play it again through, but I'm looking forward to playing it as an absolute fascist and seeing what that brings to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to play it as like a bruiser this time. No, I use no intelligence, just go full like physical and just see what happens. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that again. Um, Dragon Age and Mass Effect teases are bundled into one. Uh, these are obviously both series that I need to play because I haven't played any of the games in them, and I was God bad damn, you do. I know. Well, sorry, I didn't realize you haven't played any Mass Effect games. I have played the first like three hours of Mass Effect Three. Mm, that's <laughs> um, the way to do it. <laughs> I've been the person who's been waiting for this remaster trilogy forever mm-hmm. because I've always I've always seen them there and I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to wait because I know it's coming and I'm going to do it all in one go. And now it is. Is it March? I think they said the trilogy is coming out. Yeah. Oh, to be quite honest, like, have you got Game Pass, Cardi? I do. Like, they are all there. And I know this they re- are. This but remaster gonna be is going to be. I can already see it. When this remaster drops, there's going to be stories about how it's an absolutely lazy port. I can't see it being <laughs> a massive improvement because it's just... Well, you, they've I've, said I've specifically played. they're not improving how Mass Effect 1 plays, which is yeah. pretty much the death knell because that game is not good in this day I'm, I'm still going to wait, though, because I've waited this long and I have games to play at the moment anyway. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's fair. I'm knee-deep in Cyberpunk, so... I don't need to start Mass Effect, but I'm, I've always wanted to play the game, and I know I'd love them as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. But new Mass Effect, obviously a lot of that meant nothing to me. It looked very nice. I've seen a lot of people going like, is this this character? Is this character? Is it that character? We have no sort of sense of the timeline of this, do we? Well, well there is some, the, the, character, <laughs> well, the character at the end is 100% a character we know yeah. with okay. huge significance to the original trilogy. Um, and the the shoulder pad with N7 that she picks up sort of seems to suggest that we're going to see Commander Shepard again, or maybe in some way, and I'm not in any way excited about that. But the other thing, so it appears to tease a connection of some kind to the original trilogy, and the dude, the project director, or the, oh, I can't remember his actual term, um, on Twitter was going through and saying like, this guy's back from the original trilogy team. This guy's back from the original trilogy team. So they're really bigging up that connection, which is good in terms of creative. We don't need that story, because, but creative direction. Yeah. The art direction is is the you know the art director guy is there. Um, 
what's interesting is there are also semen connections to Andromeda in there. I didn't play Andromeda, but I've seen enough people who did kind of point out. Oh, do you know what? Out. I did play about two or three hours of Andromeda. <laughs> so oh, well, I've played well that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I, Andromeda was always an idea I really liked, and unfortunately it didn't seem to come together and I didn't have a reason to play at the time, so it just completely passed me by. Um, but... I do like the idea of like trying to expand that universe. I still want a Mass Effect game where you play as an alien, because that would be cool, and I want to experience something different. But I am cautiously excited for this. Yeah, like Mass Effect means a huge amount to me. What I want it to be is closer to, you know, the show that you want the Mandalorian to be, Joe. Like where yeah. it's got it's got tangible connections to things that you love and things that mean something to you, but it's not it's not a direct tie to that. Like mm-hmm. for me, bringing Shepard back is a bad idea. Like because also it it potentially infringes on what my conclusion to Mass Effect is mm. and what my emotional investment is. But I think not setting it a million years away from it is sensible because I need to feel the impact of what happened in those games. I just yeah, I just hope they don't go the obvious fan route. Like mm-hmm. having the aura in it is fine. Like she can live like a sorry live for like a thousand years. So yeah, she who knows how old she is. But yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. And Dragon Age, how's that looking, lads? <laughs> I mean, we sounds fine. Yeah, we know uh, there's a, love... an important character coming back. That's about it. Yeah, I love the idea. They they they're doubling down on this thing they've said before, where it sounds like you play a non-important character. You're just like a person. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means still, but I'm super into the implication of it like that you're within the world rather than the driving force behind it which will be cool are you worried that recently key people behind dragon age have left the company Uh, i'm worried about anything bioware's doing these days but so (laughs) like it kind of it kind of doesn't change my opinion of worry like i'm I'm more hopeful than i am like anticipatory it did kind of remind me like when are we going to hear anything about anthem 2.0 is that What's happening with that? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Leave it with considering, yeah, yeah, considering just, the project director came back and then just left again. Take your studio head, I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, I should put this one in there. It was an interesting one because the trailer was about six minutes long. Uh, mm-hmm. Crimson Desert it seemed to be about half the show was Crimson Desert. I kept flicking back to the show and they were just still looking at Crimson Desert. Um, it looked very beautiful. It looked a very large rpg the frame rate was also very weird <laughs> like it was not running properly well, which is, is a weird it, thing to it's show it's an mmo right mm. is that the deal like yeah. it's an well, action it's MMO, desert so isn't it it's like yeah. the next thing on from there yeah mm-hmm. so i am intrigued um as a non-mmo person it did enough to make me go well it looks okay i could play that kind of mmo but who knows what that will actually turn out to be um it, like yeah it's very impressive i kind of like they left the frame rate stuff in there because it just shows like yeah it's a real it shows game it's real yeah like, that's true you know when we're kind of in the middle of we'll get on to this the <laughs> yeah. cyberpunk debacle like i like someone being honest about what they have at the time mm-hmm. um so yeah mm-hmm. um season i think me and joe both just had a little chat about this before um yeah this looked great this is the one that caught my eye the most just because it looked different i think uh, it looks absolutely gorgeous, and I'm again kind of inventing a game in my head, but it sounds like the game I wanted Journey to the Savage Planet to be, which is a game about mm-hmm. going somewhere and documenting it and finding stuff out about it, not 
slightly boring puzzles. Um, but uh, yeah, and it just it looks fucking amazing. Like that art style is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, we don't know. All we know, yeah, is like what you said. You basically you're traveling to places on the cusp of the end of that civilization or something. It basically. seems like because the the thing is like uh, what was it? Our, our ancestors got a thousand years with a place. Our parents got a hundred years and mm. we got a season so it feels like it's a kind of eco-apocalypse thing again um i wonder why that's such a big theme <laughs> and uh <laughs> is it because we're all gonna die um and Who knows? Uh, and yeah so there seems to be something about like kind of taking snapshots before a world dies uh, it looks pleasant sad, but cool. also quite very sad yeah. um do you know what just looks pure pleasant <laughs> pure pleasant mm, I diesel dinosaur hunter <laughs> um, jesse after the fact said he thought this was a new turok and just saying that made me more sad than i can possibly explain <laughs> arc two um <laughs> i've never played arc um i've heard lots of stories that it's kind of got a nice idea and ambition to it it just doesn't really run i mean it is one of the most popular games in the world like, oh, yeah. the amount of hours that people put into that. It's one of those games that where I... Apparently, Vin Diesel's put thousands into it, yeah. according to his own press release. Um, <laughs> and he's a but dev the, on it. <laughs> but, yeah, and now he's a dev. Um, the... I don't... Ark just... I don't get it. I've tried it multiple times. And it, it's it's part of a white, you know, survival stuff. is just... It's never been my bag, like, those Pursuit mm-hmm. of Perfection games, yeah, incremental increase games. But, like... I don't know why there's an arc two even. Like they haven't got the first one running, as far as I understand it, and they keep adding DLC that, from the small amount I've read about it, people really don't like. There are some very good write-ups um, on Rock Paper Shotgun by Nate Crowley. You should go and look for his reviews of those things. They're fucking hilarious. Um, the so I, I don't know why this is here. I don't know why there are blue toothy men trying to kill cave people. Um, have you seen the you know the animated series they're making of it with the cast that's better than most modern movies? Yes. Um, that had, the press release for that includes I don't know backstory for Ark properly. Um, How dare you? But the press release for that is like mind-boggling. Like Vin Diesel's character is from the 24th century and is a mech pilot, but other people in it are like 18th century explorers. And, like, they're from all over time. So I guess the idea is they've been pulled into Dinosaur World through crystals or some shite. Um, And so I I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there's a story they have to tell. But they've also said that Arc 2 is just another multiplayer online survival sandbox. So, like, why are we doing this? It's Uh, it's all very confusing. Um, Hopefully Vin can clear it up for us at some point, seeing as he hmm. is an expert on the game. And, as we said before, officially a dev on it. Yes, indeed. Uh, and the last one, It Takes Two, from our mate Joseph Farris, who actually didn't make a fool of himself this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, just presented his game that actually looks quite good. Um, I, yeah, I really like the look of this. This feels yeah. like it's cleaning the slate for a way out for me, like taking its good ideas and then wedding them to a story that I might want to actually hear. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of into it. I can't remember what he said to me. Uh, I've, I've got it in a... Let, you talk about it while I find his quote to yeah. me. It was um, see, like, because obviously his first game, 
he didn't make it alone but you know the first one he was a part of was brothers a tale of two sons which is an incredible like still a game i've only played once because it's quite emotionally affecting uh, it's not really a game you want to play over and over again um mm. which always surprised me that he was the man who made that because <laughs> you'd never guess um especially after a way out which was like i know a lot of people have had fun and do you know what I met me and Creeper played together, and we we had a laugh, but ultimately it was very dull and mm. just not very good. <laughs> we were more laughing at it, um, but yeah, um, it takes two. Looks like like we said, like a kind of nice in between of those. Basically, looks like a fun way out, and that's it's what I'm into. Charming, isn't it? It's got really nice art design mm-hmm. to it. It's kind of, I think. He always thinks that he's making games that are maybe more like emotionally impactful than they actually are, but this looks like it's closer to, to well, Brothers. I, I remember his whole pitch for a way out was like, you'll never do the same thing twice or something. It's like mm. there's a hundred games in a way out. It's like, mate, you're balancing about a hundred times in that game. Like, what are you on about? <laughs> that's, and that's kind of... So I did an interview with him and that's what he said about this one is like, he almost it almost felt like kind of unfinished business. Like, this is the version of that genre that I've invented that I wanted to make. And Mm -hmm. that trailer does show, like, a ludicrous number of things happening in a lot of places. Um, Yeah, yeah, what he said to me was, and I've got a more full interview feature coming out because I spat down with him for 15 minutes and he said more gold than most people say in two hours. It's fantastic. He was great. Um, He said, we've been working really hard with this for three years and damn, it will be an experience. Let me tell you that. You will be mind-fucked. I know I'm confident, but you play this game and tell me not to be confident. Which, Joseph Farris is, is divisive. I am fully on the side of, I like people who are this like wild in public. As there's yep. a lot of entertainment value no, to he, He's definitely value for money. I just hope um, it comes out nice. Anything else from anything else I've missed there that you'd want to bring up? Not off the top of my head. I think we've covered the big ones. I have to say, I thought like the Game Awards was kind of and maybe it's just being put in comparison with disney but it felt a little more limp this year for like really Mm -hmm. big stuff um yeah and i know that's because this year is this year as well and lots of people will have pushed back timescales but there's some really good stuff in there and there's some really like hazy but appealing things like i like what mass effect is aiming towards maybe i like the callisto protocol i like perfect dark you know these are like they they're not your typical a tier sequel fodder and i think there's something there to be excited about so yeah it's cool they don't want to show elden ring do they i i don't think it actually exists (laughs) well i mean it is it is very fitting for a for a george rr martin project is getting increasingly like a george rr martin project (laughs) (laughs) it's quite funny for somebody who doesn't really hold much skin in that game i do find it quite funny I'm sorry, Tamar. I'm so sorry. <laughs> One day you'll see it. Um, I do also just like think, although you know, it's a lot of people are watching that for the cool announcements. I do agree on the opinion that a lot of people have. It's like, can we just maybe focus a bit more on the awards and give the actual awards a bit more focus? And like, I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have been one of you. I can't remember who basically said it's more a celebration of people's work to come than the work they've just done so like you're not actually like these people have made incredible games we kind of go and here's an award 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 move on move on here's a trailer for something else it's like let's get hyped before we actually appreciate the work people have done yeah you know 
it does feel like it's two different events at this yeah. point. Especially um, this year where we had no real E3 to talk of, so mm. it all probably got pushed to here. Yeah, yeah. it's it's quite a it's quite a fascinating like just artifact of the business. We don't need to get into this. I just find, I think it's a really interesting like weird event to exist, and I'm, I'm glad it does. Like it is exciting. I like looking forward to it, but mm-hmm. yeah, increasingly it does feel a bit like what's this for then <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> what are we like right should we actually talk about some games that are out um i'm gonna briefly are they just out mention- is it really out is it finished Can't well it? one of these definitely is i just want to briefly bring up cool of the sea which came oh, out okay. last week. <laughs> this is definitely out it's out on game pass if you have an xbox and it's on pc no playstation or switch or anything i don't know if there's any plans to do that I think it'd be a lovely Switch game, personally. Uh, I reviewed it, gave it a 9. I loved it because it reminded me of all the stuff I loved growing up, like the HG Wells and Jules Verne, like adventure books and films, Monkey Island games, Mist games. Like, it's all that stuff I love, so it hit a point for me that was like, this is the sort of game, yeah, I grew up playing. I don't think there's been many, well, many good ones, like, mist-like games really i know not everyone is a mist fan but, yeah there's, um... <laughs> there's, there's no good mist never mind that yeah um mist is good um You're but yeah i feel like they're rarer and rarer good puzzle games that actually have a good story and this one does it very well it's basically if you want the easy pitch it is firewatch but with actual gameplay like i <laughs> that's me i i <laughs> i i think firewatch is fine like, but I, I felt like I was caught ultimately for a boring story with nothing to do. But I do think it looks beautiful, is written amazingly and performed amazingly. It's got Sissy Jones, who is the voice of Di- what's her name in um, Firewatch, Delilah, Delilah oh, yeah, in yeah. Firewatch. Uh, she plays the main character in Call of the Sea, so it's, it shares vibes to that for obvious reasons. But it's just a very nice. It took me like four or five hours. Uh, it's on Game Pass if you have it. I'd recommend it. It's a good story with good puzzles. It's um, a proper but Christmas now, break game for me. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, it will be a joy. Um, Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this one. <laughs> no one's spoken about this. This is definitely one of these things. I haven't had to do any work on this game, but I'm already mm. sick of talking about it and hearing about it. Despite I've had to do a lot of work on this game. I Let me tell I mean, you, like, I'm sick of myself. Like, I'm in that position where it's something I enjoy, it's, it feels weirdly reminiscent of when Joker came out. Like it's something I enjoyed a lot, but I didn't want to speak to anyone about because I was sick of hearing about it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why I get um, so many text messages from you? Because you know I'll be nice to you. <laughs> exactly, but I know you're enjoying it also. Um, before we get onto the actual game itself and whether that's good, we should cover the absolute shambles that is this release. Because no matter how good the game, and I have a lot of praise for the actual game itself, mm. I don't think you really can let CD Projekt Red off for what this is. No, it's... <laughs> Which is just a lie. It's Well, there's there's some very interesting stuff going on here because I think, apart from anything else, and like for good reason, the discussion is all about, you know, how bad the base console version is. The PC version launched in no fit state for a, for a AAA game that's had this long. And, like, I think it's easy to kind of avoid that fact, but like no version of this game came out at the level it should have done, um, particularly for what, like the the way it was being bigged up by its own developers and the marketing spiel, you know? And I think 
apart, you know, and going on to like the stuff that really matters, which is that I think I did some very kind of back of a like beer mat maths and like they said today that 41% of pre-orders, which is 8 million pre-orders were on console. There are no hard stats for how many people have base versus upgrades. My inclination is that probably hardcore are more likely to upgrade, meaning that a lot of people, a lot of kind of less casual, more casual users would have kept their regular consoles, their base consoles from years ago. So there are potentially millions of people who have bought a game Mm -hmm. that perks for their apology uh, investor call today is playable. It's definitely (laughs) playable. um, But it it is... finishable? (laughs) Well, it it is. It is. Just. But, like, they do admit, to be fair to them, that it's far from satisfactory. Um, But it's kind of It's apologising well after the fact, isn't it? It's like, you can't... I'm not saying it's akin to this. You can't commit a murder and be like, do you know what? I'm sorry I did it. I can't take it back now. There are... There's some very interesting stuff about how much they knew as well. Like, even in their own... Um, so by the time you're listening to this, I have a piece on the website about this. Um, but there's some really interesting stuff about uh, the way they've talked about it and the, like, the complete breakdown in communication. Um, mm-hmm. The point I point to in my piece is when they delayed this game to, to November in June, they specifically said, uh, well, what is their wording? Ready when it's done is a principle. Is, to paraphrase, ready when it's done is a principle that we stick to and we'll take all the heat for. Mm-hmm. And some point in the last six months, they just forgot that existed. Like yeah. their their complete the business philosophy that they lived by is just gone, and they have no firm answers about anything. Like they have no firm answers about whether you can get the refunds that they promised you can get. They have no firm answers about whether how much they knew. In their same call, there are multiple peoples expressing different opinions about what they knew some were saying we just didn't really look at it as much some were saying we we ignored the signals and another one was saying like we were working on it till day one which is why we didn't give out any review copies two weeks ago they were saying that it was surprisingly good like the words were surprisingly but good the thing on is, PS4 that, and Xbox if one. that's the wording if it's surprisingly good imagine what their expectations <laughs> for that version was yeah like it when some of the like i don't have it on console and so i've not i i'm watching it my housemate is playing it on a xbox one x and it's mm. it's okay it's definitely framey the stuff that i've seen of it running on a base ps4 is it's shocking it's it's not even that it just it's scaled back so far that it looks like a ps3 game or something like that like it's got so little power to push the processing that that game is trying to do that the models look like they come from the DOS era. Like, that's yeah, how yeah. fucking bad it is. It's, 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 um, it's we've so re-reviewed it on those consoles and given it a 4 out of 10. Um, yep. And I think the the line that speaks to me from it, and I'm going to have to look it up now so that I don't get that's Destin's fine. words wrong, uh, it fails to hit even the lowest bar of technical quality one should expect when playing on lower-end hardware. And, like, it's... I, this thing, this thing where they where I've seen so many people giving it this like, um, uh, oh, it's seven year old hardware. Miles Morales came out and looks yeah. gorgeous. Well, think of Some Red might Dead. say think of better than Cyberpunk like, for yeah. reasons you can understand on there, but you look at the PS4 version, it's absolutely fine. Like it's and wild. It's not like they haven't been making it for this console for seven years either. Like they've been using this tech. It's not like they were. 
from the start, this was always a PS4 and Xbox One game. It wasn't a mm. PS5 game. Like, it's just sad to see because, like, five years ago, CD Projekt Red were, like, kind of the bastion of, like, good guy developer. Like, we are giving you everything for free when it's ready. Like, you get all of this. And now it's just, like, you just can't trust them. <laughs> well, They've just lost all trust. You... I don't know how... It's a long road back. I mean, they can eventually get that trust back. I think we have to remember that The Witcher 3 was quite a mess when it came out as well. Not this notably, but it it was, and it took six months to get there, and I think that's, and that gained them a huge amount of credit. And I can totally see them coming back to a certain amount of respectability amongst people with this, but we can't not call it out right now. Well, especially, it's it's worse this time, isn't it? Because they haven't lied, they just never showed the truth so to say like put a curtain over everything that a huge amount of their audience needed to know and especially a huge amount of audience that were slapping 50 quid down yeah this is it it's the it's the payment it's the pre-orders it's the way it's been marketed as the next generation of open world games on on your console you have like there's so much about this that feels wrong um and, and it is like it's increasingly inexcusable. That's the thing, is, like, the the apologies keep coming and don't keep helping. Because, um, like, I think we all and, made and, jokes in the run-up as well. Like, I kept saying, like, oh, I'm quite worried about it on consoles. I expected it maybe, oh, it might be a bit buggy or a bit framey. Yeah. I never expected it to be like this. <laughs> and the, the kicker is that, like, they've said it's not going to be finished until February. So you're playing early access. You're paying mm. full price for a non-branded early access game by by one view. Like it, it's it's just so disappointing. Um, to be and to like give it a slightly more positive feeling. Like I'm playing on PS5. I started <laughs> and I was incredibly let down by what I saw on PS5. And yep. I made a decision to play it on PC when I could. Like thankfully, I'm I'm lucky enough that I'm getting a nice PC at some point soon, and I will be able to do that. I have to say, after the hot fix they put in last week. I like it way more, it looks way better, it yeah. runs better, and well, if there are more of those, I'm more than happy to keep going on PS5. Yeah, but, let's move on to the actual game then, because I've yeah. also been playing on PS5, and you know I don't think it looks bad, it's still a little muddy in places like when you're outdoors in the big open world, but largely I think it looks quite good on PS5, like, I've taken a lot of nice photos, they look fine. Mm-hmm. Um, main main characters runs. look really good as well, like yeah. Jackie, Evelyn, some of those characters look very, very like, I've impressive. had like no frame rate problems, no so I think I've been very lucky with bugs. Like I've I'm thirty hours in now and I've had four hard crashes, which seems pretty good. I've seen a lot of people say they're four in an hour. So <laughs> I mean it's not good that it's, it's not good, but you know, in comparison to a lot of people, I'm getting it good, I think. So, and... so in regards to that, you're saying if someone hasn't bought it yet and they they've got a PlayStation five, would you say like that's a fine <sighs> experience to go for? I would say if you've already waited, keep waiting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's only going to get better. And if you can wait for the next gen release, like, granted, mm-hmm. who knows where we're at with that now. But, like, if that comes out and is, is you know, is closer to PC, then, and you can yeah. do that wait, keep doing the wait. Yeah. The thing is, by, as well, by, so I'm playing it on PC and sort of like, I'll, I'll, I've got a weird Frankenstein machine at the moment. So mm. my computer is genuinely older than a PlayStation 4 is. I built it in the spring before PlayStation 4 came out. Um, it's currently running an NVIDIA 3080 card, which is doing some astonishing lifting. Like, that card is a, is a minor miracle, basically, despite it obviously costs like 100 quid more than a next-gen machine does. But especially since NVIDIA put the drivers out, in terms of performance, 
I've actually got zero problems from performance. It's mm. bugs is is my problem on PC. Yeah, I've been like I've had a lot of little visual bugs like people drinking from glasses that don't exist, like mobile phones floating in the air. Like but I'm quite I'm normally quite lenient on that stuff. That stuff doesn't really bother me in like in games. I just I see that and I go, uh huh, that's fine. Like when my fucking quests are breaking, Cardi, I've done the same quest three times. Uh, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like little visual things for like me I I don't I don't honestly care about like glasses missing and stuff. I can let that bygones bygones but yeah i have not had this problem but you've you've had quests that have just fully broken yeah. which is which is never good yeah and, and the thing is is the thing that makes it worse is i genuinely quite like cyberpunk it's what? we'll come on to kind of like its shortcomings in a bit but i think as as praise like i'm having a very good time with it yeah and so i don't mind doing this quest three times that i did last night to get it to work <laughs> because it it's one of the better quests that I've played as well, and it's got it's yeah. got that. But like, it was just a case of like it would not recognise that I was going to specific objectives, so it wouldn't trigger the next one. So I couldn't get out of a building. It just wouldn't let yeah. me. I could walk out, but the game did not recognise I had walked out of the building. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, let's move on to the actual game. Like like I said, I'm 30 hours in, and I've barely done any of the main story. Like I would recommend. At the start, I was a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure this is quite that good. But I think once you get the prologue done and there's a mission called The Heist, I would recommend pretty much mainlining it up until that mission because yeah. then you're really into what that game is. I did not. So I'm I'm very early in Act 2 and I've put in 8 to 10 hours maybe. So okay. I've d- I did a lot of mucking about um, in Act so 1. So I'm still quite early on in Act 2 and I've done 30 hours. Like Side missions just keep opening up and up and that's the thing like I'm really loving this game like I this is pretty much what I wanted this game to be and I think it's not what a lot of people thought it was going to be like to me this is just pretty much the best Fallout game I've ever played um, yeah, for better that. and worse and you know what? it's got a surprising amount of Borderlands in it which surprised me in as much as flying numbers off and far too many guns that you pick up and off? just sell I've t- well so this is the most annoying thing bug I, I did have. turn off the numbers. Well, this is the most annoying bug I have. I do keep turning them on, but every time I turn off the game and load it again, it resets all my settings. <laughs> I'm worried about that because I've had that. I had that for the first time yesterday, and uh, the HDR settings on that game are fucked on PS5. Yeah, I don't and use so HDR. Every time, like it just feels like a waste not to. But now I have to spend. <laughs> if, if that keeps happening, I have to spend like four minutes calibrating every yeah, time. It's it's a pain. And but yeah, I do. There's a lot visual. to love about the game. Like I do think, maybe not surprisingly well written is the word because a lot of The Witcher I think is very well written. But I think a lot of people, from what they showed in previews, there was some bad writing in there. A lot of the quests and characters are very well written in this game, but mm. like, a lot of the incidental dialogue when people just tell you to fuck off on the street isn't great. <laughs> but like, uh, there's, I think it's been said in almost every review, like there's a surprising, surprising amount of character depth and actual emotion involved in a lot of these characters. The I way like, it makes you feel for the characters early on in that game is all I'll say. Is like, it, yeah, it surprised me a lot. <laughs> yeah, based on our initial exposure to him, I like Jackie a lot more than yes. I thought I would. Um, and they do it. They obviously I'm early on, but they do an, an, a good job with that. I think the voice acting is very good, um, mm-hmm. and with the exception of Keanu Reeves, <laughs> yeah. who who I think is quite wooden. And I know yeah. that's a joke about Keanu Reeves, but 
we've seen Keanu Reeves do good acting. Like yeah. it's a it's a it's just know, it's a good thing. Slightly off putting, isn't it? Because every time you see him, it's like, oh, it's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. See, I wish they hadn't like. I yeah. I don't mind real actors being in games. Like I love La Noir for what that does. Mm-hmm. I do think in a world where he is the only celebrity face in that, I know there's a few, there's minor content creators and that weird yeah. la- overlap between games and, and games community. But for him to be the only recognizable face in that world is quite odd. And especially when yeah. the other plan was that they were going to, they didn't say who it was, but they got an idea to literally use the face of a dead rock star was how that idea started, which I assume would have been someone babe. like like Lemmy or, or someone mm. big like that. But mm. um, yeah, that I find quite odd. But yeah, I'm, I think, do you know what the gunplay surprised me about? I think it's just a notch above Fallouts and Fallout is kind of my base level of shooting, like, if it's better than Fallout, I'll enjoy it. And I'd say I do it's several it's notches above Fallout. Like it's, yeah. it's obviously it's nowhere. It's not a Doom or a, a Titanfall, but oh, actually, no. the moment I put a magazine into a gun and it actually felt like it was weighty, and yeah. the more guns I use and the more variety of styles, because there's quite a few different types of gun in that game. Like mm-hmm. not just here's a submachine gun and here's a different one. Like your power weapons and your smart weapons and when you start using all of that, I actually genuinely think it's quite a competent shooter. The smart weapons are very cool. Just yeah. the way the bullets curve round walls and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. into that. <laughs> there are too many guns to pick up, though. Oh, like, you, the inventory yeah, you stuff is a mess. Constantly sell. The menus which, are bad. Like, to be fair, the menus were bad. Yeah, exactly. Like I was about to say, The Witcher was bad for that stuff, too. Um, mm-hmm. Sniper rifles the, are very good if you can get one. They feel uh, very good. What was the... Uh, oh, yeah, the... the uh, there is a mission called Interlude, uh, mm. in which you use a gun that I, after like after the early period where you're using very quite basic guns, yeah, you use a gun for a little bit where you're like, oh, okay, they yeah they could do this. Like if yeah. this is what I'm aiming towards, then I am far more excited about the shooting in this it's, game than I thought I yeah. would. It's very, and do you know what? I think the driving is fine. It nah. it feels like GTA to I, me. I, I hate the driving. It? I think the driving is 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 abysmal. Really, like, I, I think, and I think the mini map is like it. It's too zoomed in, so I'm always turning like five seconds. I do too what late. you mean. Yeah, you have to swerve in all time. over the place. It's like, like yeah. I genuinely like of all my problems, I think of the moment to moment stuff, the driving. But I like doing the driving because I think driving from first person in that in that game is one of the best ways to experience that that city. It feels mm-hmm. so authentic. It's one of the, yep. one of the things that I think that's really interesting about this is the sizing of the world and the way that those roads are laid out and the way that it builds above you is so uncannily like real Los Angeles, despite the fact that it is a fake 2000 AD megacity. Yeah. Mm. It's the most authentic LA experience. That, like it bl- sort of weirdly blows GTA out the water for what it's trying to do. I can smell that city. That's why like, I, th- I had the same thing. Like I was like, I was going around the city yesterday. I was like, I've never I been able exactly to. I was going to tweet well. it, but it would have sounded like nonsense. I was like, never in a game have I like felt like I could smell the place as much as this. And ninety percent of it is piss. Yes. <laughs> but um, there's a mission early on as well where if you pick the nomad path, it's like the first thing you do is like go into almost like a customs office sort of thing. And it made me so weirdly nostalgic for being in terrible places like that, like in an airport or like, I was just like, I haven't been to a new place in ages. 
And it's really weird, weird about this. Witcher 3 had exactly the same effect on me with it had a set of rolling hills in one area of countryside that made me nostalgic for a for a holiday I went on to Cornwall when I was a child. And like I had like a pang of like weird heartache that I wasn't back in Cornwall as a seven yeah, year old. So I like Yeah. They're good it, it at made that. Me, yeah, it I don't know if it's just because it's this weird year, but it was just weirdly emotionally affecting going to a new city. Um and yeah, it's I think we talked about this as well. Like the the way when you talk to someone, you're just so close to them, they fill the screen. Like it feels so personal. There's like mm, so not many ten those, yards away yeah, from them. <laughs> so many of those conversations are especially at the start, they're in cars and it does that. Yeah. I was talking to Joe about this. I think if you watch someone from third like third person getting in a car, the animation rig is actually quite bad and it reminds you, Oh, this is a game that was purportedly built for PlayStation Four. You can tell it's a bit old. But when you're doing it yourself, all those animation rigs are quite good. But it forces you at the start into a lot of cars so you can have conversations with people that are slap bang next to you. And they do that Call of Duty thing where they kind of touch you a lot. There's a lot of touching Mm -hmm. you and a lot of handing you things and stuff like that, which I think it's not the next generation of RPGs in any sense. Like, as you say, Cardi, I think it's neon Fallout. But it, mm. it's next generation ideas come from like the presentation of it, the interactivity, the fact that you don't have to snap into a conversational segment. You just walk into a place and you're talking to someone. Yeah. And the way it sometimes uses that for gameplay design. So, for example, there was a, a side quest I did very early on where I open a door and the moment that door opened, the guy holds me up with a gun. And if you take a step because you can walk during conversations... He'll, he'll gun you down and so it add like literally the breaking of that barrier of, of sort of the being conversation and the being action means that you kind of th- there's new elements they can play with there however what this does mean is that if you try to duck while you're talking to someone it will just oh, skip, skip because for some fucking reason some dunce decided that the skip button <laughs> was going to be the same <laughs> as not just the, the, so, like the skip and the, the crouch button, but also like the cancel button. So if you're hacking a camera and someone comes on the phone to you and you try to exit the camera, you'll just skip the conversation and miss the story. So I've been doing that for like 25 hours and I only recently discovered on console. I don't know if it's the same on PC. If instead of tapping to crouch while they're still going, if you hold it in, it will crouch and not skip. Oh, great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not ideal, but... I've recently been on, like like I said, I've done 30 hours, absolutely loving it. Done very little main, like, I've probably only mm-hmm. done maybe one or two main quests more than Joe at this point, and he's only 10 hours in. Like, mm. I've been on a string of incredible side quests with characters I love that I've just met randomly, like they've phoned me up or I've met them on a main quest, and I've now spent five hours doing side it, quests with it, them. It does, I think that the witcher does so well is you know how kind of the bloody baron is the piece that everybody remembers from mm. the witcher but the thing is the bloody baron wasn't actually the main quest it was something no. that came out of the novigrad quest and what cyberpunk does that i think really only came in for me last night where i realized probably what it's doing is you've got this main quest and it's there to introduce you to all of these different factions that are at play in the world of cyberpunk yeah. and then suddenly like you meet people will know by now who judy is who's the person that you've seen in loads of um screenshots she's got the undercut and the green hair you'll meet her and then she's not really a huge part of the story from then on but she gets her own distinct character arc there's almost like a tv series starring her and you 
And that turns into what I would say so far is probably my favourite storyline in the in the game. You don't have to play that, which is exactly mm. the same as kind of like the, the Bloody Baron, the most human story in The Witcher, could have been missed. I think all yeah. of these human stories that come off this central arc, that's... I think when I was talking to you, Carter, the other night, well, the way I describe it is, is like, I actually think it's a massively underwhelming RPG. I don't feel like it's got yeah. that much reactivity to, but I think the, the gun system is shite because it's just Borderlands. <laughs> I, I don't, like, there's not enough skill checks in terms of, like, when you're talking. All of that stuff that I adore in RPGs is just not there. And it's, it's sort of not a good immersive sim either, but as a multi-stranded human story about people trying to survive a city that's just out to fucking kill them. Like, mm, that yeah. is where it's a massive success. It's so good. Like, they're called... A lot of these are called side jobs. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine I've gone in through, going through this game without doing all these missions I haven't done. Like, they feel crucial yeah. to my character. Like, I'm on a series of ones at the moment, which I wasn't even introduced to two of these characters in the main quest. They just phoned me up out of the blue when I entered there. I was like, oh, we've heard about you, basically. And I've been doing... I did a whole questline with like a policeman or another one with like a politician like i'm doing proper blade runner stuff at the moment like proper detective work and it feels so good i'm just yeah i'm in the middle of one at the moment i can't wait to get back to it because i need I, to know who did it i do think there's i do think to your point about the rpg and stuff and this kind of ties in I, I do think there's a problem with onboarding in this game like the way it drops you in and the way it deals with its story is like fine from the main menu point of view but like What's alarm going off? Is my alarm going off? <laughs> it's not mine. Must I be can't hear an alarm. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's those I, um, my house might be burning down, but I've got to get this point out there. Um, the, uh, the what I think is poor about it is like it just kind of drops you into an RPG without ever really explaining its systems. Like the cyberdeck stuff, which is the thing I really want my character to do well. I don't. There are still elements of that that I don't fully understand, even after reading the tutorials, which are hidden in a menu behind a menu. Joe, I was you know, 25 like, hours in before I properly figured out what I was doing with that thing. Yeah, it's mad. And, like, and I, yeah, there's, like... And, and even to your point about people phoning up out of the blue, like, in that first act, the Regina fixer phoned me up, mm. and I was like, who the fuck is this? And why are they phoning me? Because my character doesn't know. And then she's, like, phoning me all the time to offer me new jobs. And I'm like... This just—it's bizarre. It feels like it—it it feels like it's failed to introduce me to the game before mm. it tells six hours of story. Yeah. The first um, two hours are kind of sensory odd. overload. I felt sick playing it. Like genu- <laughs> genuinely felt quite sick for the first two hours. You're in a like, lot the, of cars, the hood. <laughs> the hood felt so alien to me. I felt like I was playing a game in a different language. Um, I, I am neither of loving it. Neither of you started as Corpo, did you? No, no. I went there's a re- there's a really good thing. This this has been in gameplay before, so it's not giving anything away. You get your eyes swapped out quite early in that game, mm. but when you're a Corpo with your Corpo eyes, you've got like a stock tracker and a news bar that are on your HUD at all times whilst you're walking <laughs> around, which is such a great little detail about your character. Like that's yeah. what you had implanted into your like, body. That's the weird thing, isn't it? For all the major technical problems with this game there's so many cool little details they've managed to find the time to put in it feels like that might be part of the problem i know (laughs) they Um, focusing on the wrong things um but yeah i i'm 30 hours in i don't know when i'm gonna finish it but i'm i almost i don't want it to end at the same time i'm deliberately not going to main missions because new side ones keep popping up and Mm. yeah i just find those characters 
so good. I the big question: like it. Has it managed to become your game of the year at the last moment? Uh, no, no. I no. can, in any good consciousness, give it game of the year just for how it performs for eighty percent of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty much um, the same. But I did. I, I, don't, I don't think even based on my play, even if it was perfect and looked gorgeous, I don't think mm-hmm. I could get there yet. But no, I um I currently have it down as fourth behind Last of Us, really? Hades, and Valhalla. I'm surprised it's that high. Yeah, so that There's, I assume does that come from your nomin to give the peek behind the scenes? Is that from your nominations list? It may be behind. See, I I couldn't, but even though like I genuinely think it's from a storytelling. A, side i think it's an achievement there's too much i think that's wrong with the game like yeah so it's it's kind of like half immersive sim and a half rpg but it's sort of because it's trying these two elements it never succeeds at being one or the other so while mm-hmm. i think from a narrative standpoint and a, an atmospheric standpoint it is incredible and and i love like a lot of what i'm doing and it is I went to this game fearing that this was being made by a bunch of people that didn't actually understand what cyberpunk was and there is some techno-orientalism in it that I think is very old hat and shouldn't have been there because Deus Ex knew when enough was enough and they moved it all to Europe and got rid of the fact that, you know, Japanese are quite often portrayed as the bad guys in cyberpunk. Like, So there are elements of that. But getting into the human stories, these are people that writing it that do understand the, the toll that cyberpunk mm-hmm. fiction tries to explain. And when it's doing all that, I think it's great. I still don't like that I can't use stealth properly because I can't headshot anyone because it's got RPG numbers and stealth doesn't properly work unless you can instantly take out threats. Like mm. it's that's a gameplay system that doesn't work without that. So there's constant little niggles that but I had this with the with the Witcher. I think the Witcher's full of bad combat designs, but it's still an absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. I, game. I don't play the Witcher for its combat. I don't think its yeah. combat is great. I play it for everything else. I I'm having a good time with combat at the moment because I've unlocked lots of stuff. Like, I have a sniper rifle that does, if I get a headshot, is a one-shot kill and I can stay back. So I spent a lot of time recently out in, like, the Badlands area, Mm -hmm. not actually in the city. So that's quite good there. And I've got a double jump now and Mantis blades on my arm. So I'm just jumping around, slicing people up. So I'm having a good time doing that. But, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And it's a tough one because on PS5, I've been lucky. It seems just such a random case-by-case basis of... I've had quite a good experience with it, like, relatively. Apart from those four hard crashes in 30 hours, it's been fine. I've spoken to Dale. I think he had four hard crashes in the first hour, so he's <laughs> practically given up until a patch, which is fair. Like, could I... Rec- As a game, I could wholeheartedly recommend this to people. Can I recommend it to them right now? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. it's it's, it's It sucks. It's such a shame <laughs> yeah. that it's such a weird mess and such a mm-hmm. hard you know just it's just hard to talk about because everything's weighed down by everything else and you're just yeah. in the situation of like yeah i wish i could enjoy it more yeah i am enjoying it very much but we'll see how it ends it's all starting to come together and intertwine which i'm loving um though you can feel free to send us in your cyberpunk feedback we i can tell you now we won't be responding to any of that until what, like the 8th of January now? Until we come yeah, back basically after Christmas. But you'll have had got... time and time over Christmas to play a load of it and actually exactly. come to your concluding thoughts. Exactly. Um, we've got, what have we got? We've got 
obviously this episode today you're listening to surprise um friday is the alternative game awards with mm-hmm. joe al and jesse you're yet to record that can't wait can't wait <laughs> uh i'm just gonna say it now christmas morning an extra treat the long-awaited sandwich special is a christmas oh day. god yeah i forgot about that yeah we've got to record that this week joe you ready for that sandwiches oh, everywhere oh. Oops, um, chills out for a bit so i have time and then on New Year's Day, it is our best of the generation. Well, it's not really best of the generation. We've gone for our kind of, I don't know, underappreciated games of the generation. Yeah. Uh, forgotten gems. Not forgotten that gems. forgotten gems. No, but you know, enjoy that. Lots of podcasts coming. Um, we do have a little bit of feedback, though, today, because this will be the last feedback of the year. But mm. I thought we'd say some. Uh, so here we go. Oh, it's me first. I've got one here from James Thompson who says, Hi guys, I just wanted to email and see if you guys could elaborate on what crunch actually is and if it is always a bad thing. The reason I ask is there are a lot of other industries have to work extra hours at certain times of the year, but I know in my job I'm compensated for it so it doesn't bother me and it's written in my contract so I always know it's coming. Is the issue they're being asked to work extra hours for three because I'm not Oh, is the issue they're being asked to work extra hours for free because I'm sure most people know going into this industry will have to do extra hours when it gets close to release time. I spent four years in the military where I had where I regularly had to work long hours and give up time off I thought I was getting because they needed me to. But I knew what I was signing up for and surely games developers know that too. Basically, I'd like to hear from people in the industry about what crunch actually is and hear your point of view, because my view might be simply warped from jobs I've done in the past, because as long as people are being fairly compensated and not worked to extremes, I don't see a massive issue with it. But if games companies are paying staff fairly and working them to death, it would make me think twice about supporting them. It's a tough issue, because <laughs> it's not a good thing. But also, there's a lot of... This word crunch is used so universally to cover so many things without a lot of the time talking to the people actually involved. Mm. And that's my main issue with it a lot of time. It's a lot of people, a lot of journalists, just kind of making statements and saying, these people are being treated badly without actually talking to those people and asking, do you feel like you're being treated badly? I think it's worth pointing out that for the extreme of like where he's asking what what is it like uh like are they being worked to extremes at its extreme crunches working every day of the week to the point of like people literally pretty much sleeping in the office like yeah. extreme hours it long into the night working to get a game out to a very strict deadline that like it can be that bad mm-hmm. yeah there is this this is the thing there is a difference between overtime and crunch but overtime can also be crunch um the the problem is that crunch is now a word that people use just to mean lots of things and so it's very hard to like it's very hard to say crunch is bad or good because there are gradations of whatever this kind of thing means mm-hmm. um one of the best like frankly we at IGN have often worked long hours but we have either been compensated with extra time off or like we're pretty good about this stuff like or at least certainly my my personal experience has been we've been very good about this stuff that's by some definitions crunch on our work but we are not made to do it you know to an extreme i think like 
there's always going to be problems. It's also, like you say, there's very few people listening to the people who actually do this. Um, oh, I've literally just found it. This is great. So uh, John McKellen, who heads up No Code, which made Observation and... Um, the good one stories untold they're both good ones i just couldn't remember the name of it so i called it the good one um he's been his feed is actually fascinating for for learning about crunch because he's been through it has good opinions on it has and has nuanced opinions on it he's not furious about it he just has mm-hmm. negative opinions of it um he this is his best tweet on it to my mind and it doesn't help with the issue it's just a very good point which is Here's a quote from me, someone who does not wish crunch on anyone to know to show how nuanced and difficult a subject this is. Some of the most enjoyable, creative, and thrilling experiences of my career were in crunch. I loved it and wouldn't want to do it again. Like yeah. that's that's the like point here is all... this is art creation. Yeah. People do crunch to make their art, but it is fucking horrible. Exactly. Like we've all been there, I'm sure. Like even on time, like when I was at uni, I might have enjoyed making a film or something, like a short films. Like work till 11 p.m like i'm doing that because i enjoy it but at the same time no one's standing over me going you must work till 11 a.m and uh, 11 p.m and enjoy it like it's it's just a tough line i think because i'm sure there are some people who just like to work but at the same Mm -hmm. time there's a lot of people that don't like being told you have to work yeah 20 hour days the (laughs) nuance here is is learning kind of like how often people like so for example it's probably reasonable to suggest that in a, in a journalistic media capacity that we crunch around e3 we work mad hours around oh, those yeah. kind of times but we do that once a year for for developers mm. that potentially like we know that in the past that some developers have been forced to do that sort of working but not just for a week or you know 10 days something like that it's something that goes on for weeks leading into months depending on how the project's going like that you then start to see why people really, really start to see that it's not just about making sacrifices for art. It's a corporation telling essentially exactly. faceless people. I think, man- I think mandated overtime yeah. is a thing that yeah. needs to be discussed. And this is where it kind of links into cyberpunk as well. So for, God knows, for probably the best part of a year, probably several years, there's been a lot of people in that studio likely crunching, in quotation marks, working very long hours that last week saw that game release and were like, I'm so sad that I've worked on this for this many years and it's come out in the state it has. Like, Mm. this was the thing I cared most about. And someone's basically said, we're releasing it in this state. And I'm... There's a... There's a very... Yeah, and that's it. There's a very telling part of the apology... Or no, the the investor call from yesterday Mm. where they specifically say about themselves, we as the management board got too focused on releasing the game, which... I, I'm not going to draw conclusions, but I think there are some lines to be drawn mm-hmm. um, between management deciding a release date versus developers knowing yeah. when it is ready. But it is out. weird how this is only applied to games. I don't know something about this industry that lost focus. On it. Like I'm sure it happens in films, in TV. Like, but that's not really the point here. No, like, no, no, we should be trying to make things better. No, we should we be can. trying to make things better. But what I'm saying is, like, I, yeah, it's always. It's weird how some things are focused more on. I'm sure, like, the person who edits EastEnders daily is, like, working very late hours. Oh, yeah, like, I've been on like film business. sets where, like, I expected to come off them at five. And, like, this is literally just me going as a reporter. Yeah. And I was still there at nine o'clock in the evening because the mm. director is still working. You know, the, everybody's still working. Mm-hmm. The, the the basic point that it all comes down to is is that, you know, yes, it's it's hugely prevalent in creative industries. 
it's a capitalist problem because people like mm. making money and people make money out of the use of people's work. And like, mm. if they can make more money, they will make sheep essentially work more. I think um, there's to the to the movie's point, and this isn't cut and dry. This isn't a solution to that idea, but um, unionization. Yeah, exactly. Like, there are you know there are ways to get around or to stop or to mitigate these things that a lot of the games industry does not subscribe mm-hmm. to. Um, yeah. and you know, yeah, I'm not in a union either. Maybe I should. Maybe I could mm. get all sorts of. But yeah, perks. it's always something to bear in mind that you know, when something like this happens with cyberpunk. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this don't do this, but like angry tweeting at individual developers, like, Why oh, have you don't done fucking this? do that. Like, never do that to anyone anyway, but especially yeah. when it was likely not their decision. And I imagine they're much more sad and angry than you are as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, there yeah, we go. I, I agree. That's all the, that's all the important stuff. Uh, oh, wait, there is a good bit to, there's a, a good counterpoint here, which is. Uh, another big game this year, Hades. Um, Polygon did a very, I believe it was Polygon, did a very good interview with them about how they made that game specifically without crunch. Um, And we all know how much we love Hades. So it's worth looking into if you're interested in like the alternative. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Joe, you've got some feedback. Yes, I do. Daniel Tate. And he says, hello, chaps. Back in 2017, my girlfriend surprised me on on my birthday with a holiday for a week covering Valentine's Day to Amsterdam. Now, when you go to Amsterdam without the intention of the usual, oh, without the intention of the usual visitors, it is actually a really nice place. I uh, like it for both reasons, personally. I love the naughty bits and the architecture. Uh, anyway, she had also booked up a day trip whilst we were there to go to a place because it's one of my in one of my favourite films. She hates it and says it's boring as nothing happens, but I think it's great. So off to Bruges we went on a coach. I imagine we're talking about In Bruges, which we are is talking a about fantastic film. That's fa- absolutely brilliant. What a lovely place. Done all the usual stuff, got some Belgian chocolate, had a guided tour, and of course climbed the 366 <laughs> stairs up the tower. I would highly recommend going if you can, ju- if you can, just not for longer than one or two days, as there's not much else to do. It's like a fucking fairy tale or something. <laughs> Hands down the best trip I've ever been on. Thanks for continuing to provide us with podcasts on the weekly. Much appreciated. Stay safe. For the love of God, respect the sea. Yes, please um, do respect the sea. Uh, that I was following on from our feedback we asked for of people mm. yeah, being influenced or inspired to go somewhere because of a film or a game or something. Indeed. Hmm. Uh, I've never been to Bruges or Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh, Amsterdam's great. Oh, do you remember going places? I do. I remember mm. it very well. I did uh, I, I did my... This is, so, is going to be fucking fascinating for you. I did my taxes <laughs> this week. Um, and uh, I... Every year I remember that doing your taxes... Uh, is kind of like the worst nostalgia trip you can do because it's entirely through bank statements. It's like photos, but for f- fucking wasteful money for money spending. Yeah. Um, the number of places I remember just by going like, oh, I remember being in that, Greg's. It's <laughs> <laughs> very odd. Um, so yeah, if you if you do do your taxes, it's kind of a holiday. I had so that enjoy I looked at my Uber and was like, the last three were in London, then the one before that was like February, San Francisco. I just went, oh. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, going well isn't it this year yeah, yeah. Um, take us out you. Matt right I've got got one here from Rowan Dunford who says hello first first time long t- first time long time much praise I love Cheers, that Rowan. as a start that's very pithy <laughs> Uh, after hearing Cardi talk about the film Prisoners, I felt compelled to write in. Prisoners, yes. easily in my personal top five movies, it is one that I have raved and suggested to my friends multiple times, but they never seem to follow through. 
Do you have anything that you love that can't seem to get people on board with? Or is it something that you've been recommended a bunch that, for whatever reasons, you just haven't given a shot? Cheers and much love, Rowan. P.S. I don't know if it was you guys banging on about maxi bonds, but we got them recently <laughs> here in New Zealand. I am a fatty little bonbon boy. <laughs> Rowan, that's the best reason to become a fatty little bonbon boy. Maxi bonds are the best. That's very good. I love that phrase. Uh, uh, yeah, if, if you do boy. need to be compelled more, prisoners is amazing. I can I can co-opt Carly's yes. point there. Um, well, I think Mass Effect is definitely one of those that everyone said, you'll love this, and I've just never done it. <laughs> so, mm. uh, that's definitely one of those. I don't know if uh, there are things I'm like, you've got to watch this, you've got to watch this. Uh, I feel like more with TV shows because it's such a long commitment. Like, I've definitely yes. told people, like, watch The Sopranos or something. That's it's it. like, it's so many hours. <laughs> I've never watched The Sopranos. I've never oh, watched The on. Americans. I've never watched <laughs> Halt and Catch Fire, which everyone says I'd love. Like, there's TV's the worst for this stuff because yeah. it's just... You get into it, man. Um, stuff that I can't seem to get people on board with. Little game called El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. Uh, which I knew is this would come up. Fucking brilliant. Um, it's coming out on PC soon. Is it? So yeah. get that. It's genuinely brilliant. I promise you, it's really good. It's just weird as fuck. It's got Jason Isaacs in it. It's the seal of quality. El he plays Shaddai. the devil. Um, but yeah. Uh, and, uh, well... No, I wouldn't say that I recommend Dynasty Warriors, so no, it doesn't no, count. Definitely don't. I, <laughs> uh, you begrudgingly admit that you enjoy it, I think, is different. I no, know, I, I, will, I willfully and delightedly admit that I enjoy it, but I know how fucked it is, so I won't recommend it. Uh, yes. Yes. Good good stuff. You got any, Matt? Matt, you got any? Well, think, you just like universal things. I think, I think I'm a bit of a, as they say, a basic bitch, right? So maybe just everything, <laughs> everything I like, just everybody else. I think I might have once mentioned that we do, we should do a D and D podcast, and that got shot down. Yeah, yeah. It's you're not right. that it got no. shot down. It's just, uh, just. I'm sure I'd, 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 no, I'm going to take it back. I'm not sure I'd enjoy uh, doing it, but there you go. One the, the cyberpunk one. I don't is know that, the rules to Cyberpunk. That's that's difficult. Yeah, no. Dragons everywhere, innit? And Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> this is done. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, this is tailed off. We have been going for about a hundred minutes. <laughs> yeah. But you know, probably it's a special, innit? You gotta make special special. I've got to record two more podcasts this week, fuck's sake. Well, you know. You stop now. You, you know. Crunch them. <laughs> I genuinely can't believe we're doing the sandwich special on Christmas Day. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's as good as any, isn't it? Yeah. Will you be true. having a... Uh, I mean, the Boxing Day leftover sandwiches oh, are... Mate, I, that's all things. I'm going to talk about. I've got I've got a recipe. I'm bringing it to the table. Don't you worry oh, about it. Well, look forward to that on Christmas Day when you're sitting under the tree listening to podcasts. <laughs> well, think of, yeah, because you eat your turkey and then you all I do is, while I'm eating the turkey, I think, don't eat too much. Because some of this has got to go in my sandwich tomorrow. And yes. then uh, and then it's the best. There we go. What a lovely way to end things. <laughs> yeah. <A> tease. <laughs> yes, I'm going to go and play another several hours of Cyberpunk today. Um, well, you you do have at least two hours of work. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I'm not just doing under that straight away. I've got to edit this podcast and get it live. I, I mean, bloody hope so. You know, that'll take a Oh, I get to go time. and play it, Cardio. I've got two hours early off today. Because oh, oh! you're a slacker. No, because I sat for two hours in a fucking junket last night. Thank you well, very much. Well, 
swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Um, <laughs> right. If you like. Uh, God, we need some... Well, we should probably play some cyberpunk music. Um, Can we play In Night City, which is an a genuine banger off... Is it like, like Body FM or something like that? Body Heat, I think. I still that's don't know the pop, which. Of... That's the pop station. Yeah, yeah. But I still don't know which of the stations. You've selected which, that one. We could have had it. We could have had a samurai song performed by a Refused. I don't no, like samurai. that. All the stuff. All the stuff that's like like I'm unapologetically like I really like Grimes. So all like the Lizzy Wizzy stuff and stuff like that. That's well my jam. That's on the radio all I the time. I don't mind that. But you know, all I'm saying is we had the option to play Refused on the we've, podcast. We've done we Refused before. Took it. <laughs> Get in Night City on, I want to hear it. Okay, it's going on now. Goodbye. Bye. She pulls my trigger, me up all right. It's a danger pretty here in Night City. Here in Night City. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.